Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And let's dive into another episode of Queer's Folk, the recap edition. Yeah, we're doing our own version of a mid-season finale (laughs) (laughs) kind of recap here. Uh, And I'm looking forward to it. So what we're going to do is just read a little bit of a summary from each episode. Mm -hmm. Hit on some of the highlights there. Discuss some questions. And also, we want to send a shout out to our listener, Kathy, who submitted some notes to us. And so we're going to use Kathy's notes to guide some of our conversation and find some questions that we can talk about. Absolutely. Big shout out to you, Kathy. Thank you so much for being interactive and sending us questions. Guys, all of you. Please contact us on our website, www.LibertyDinerDish.com. Send in your questions for the next time we do a recap. Okay? All right. So, here we go. Uh, Episode 101. A simple night of cruising gets complicated for Michael, Brian, Ted, and Emmett when two new arrivals hit the Pittsburgh gay scene. (laughs) 17-year-old Justin makes his Liberty Avenue debut, developing an instant attraction to Brian, and Lindsay gives birth to Brian's son with her partner, Melanie. That, that's a lot. (laughs) Uh, That that right there was a lot. But the hidden scene of the two new, um, the the two newcomers loved it because that's when we get introduced to Justin. He comes in with that fresh, uh, innocent swag, beautiful, fresh face. Yeah, oh, I just love it. I, I mean, oh, he just hit the scene, and you can just see the freshness on him. Yeah, the smell him. <laughs> I know. I absolutely just loved it. I mean, from the first episode, I just loved every mm-hmm. beat of it, every beat of the show. Uh, I love the introduction of Justin. Um, I love just the timing of it with, with Gus arriving uh-huh. at the same time. And so we see it's this introduction to a new world for this baby, for Justin, who's just now coming out. And for a lot of us viewers, it was an introduction into a new world also. Absolutely. And, uh, it was definitely a new introduction to me. <laughs> I mean, I was blown away. I've never seen anything like this on TV before. Yeah, yeah. So. It's crazy. I know. My apologies to any predecessor that came before this show. But yeah, same. I had never seen anything like this mm-hmm. on TV before. I don't think that there was anything quite like this. No, yeah. it, it wasn't. No. And if it was before, it wasn't as in detailed as this. Because yeah. they were able to, you know, like push the lines, uh, push the limits. Oh, yeah. Uh, and definitely be trailblazers. You know, on the whole gay scenario, I um, continue sitcoms. to be amazed by what they got away with. Yeah, no, <laughs> on this show. and just what they what they put out there. Um, I continue to be amazed by that. And what I really appreciated, it seemed so real, yeah. and normal and natural. Yeah, it wasn't like over. You know, um, fantasized. As in, when I say fantasized, I mean like when people think of gay, they just think about you know pink and and fairies and things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, it was so many different walks of gay. Right. Um, they're all so different uh, in in their personality. So yeah, I love how the directors and writers actually you know put those characters together. Oh yeah, I love this just this world that they built, and even that they did it up against this backdrop of like kind of gritty Pittsburgh. You uh-huh. know, like they could have made this in San Francisco right. or in Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Like they put this in in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh and I love that. A place that you don't think of gay life. Right. You know? Yeah. And so it's like up against that background. It, but here's Liberty Avenue within that. And I yeah, I loved everything about yeah, that. It, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we said, we have Justin coming on the scene. We have him meeting Brian and just forming this instant attraction to him. And even Brian 
even if it's just for that night, having an, an immediate interest mm-hmm. in, in Justin also. Why yeah. do you think Brian took, you know, that immediate interest in Justin? Well, I think he was something different. It was something new and something different, kind of like mm-hmm. what everybody else has said. And it was like, I've never seen him here before. And uh, so I know I haven't had him. Right. <laughs> uh, he's attractive. And it was just something about that, like everybody said, that innocence. Like, here's a person who I don't know, who doesn't know me. And we know that Brian was bored in the back room. And so mm-hmm. here was something that was exciting, that was new, that he was He doesn't full look of... like the type Brian would go for from what we... Well, right. From what from what we seen. see, yeah, because mm-hmm. Brian usually goes for guys that are kind of more like him, like uh-huh. they're kind of a little bit more built, a little, you know. Um, and here's this blonde, yeah, fresh who is face. the complete opposite mm-hmm. of all of his normal tricks. I mean, I don't think he necessarily got no type, <laughs> he right? Brian but just like when he has a, the option to choose, like we know what he usually chooses, and Justin mm-hmm. goes completely against that. Absolutely, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think even that played into it. Like he was so different from the normal, from what Brian was used to. Right. He was ready for something new. And even it, if it was just for well, a one night, night, yeah, mm-hmm. he wanted something new and different. And how do you think the rest of the crew felt about that? I think for, okay, I'll start with Ted and Emmett. I think they're just like, oh, here's Brian being Brian again. Right. <laughs> you know, they didn't really, um, I guess they saw him from afar, but like when, when the camera shows Brian noticed Justin, it's like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. kind of when he sees him. But the other guys don't really get that view of him. Right. And so I think for Ted and Emmett, it's just kind of like, ah, uh, there, yeah. there's Brian doing his thing again. Yeah. But when Michael sees it, I think Michael's like us. He knows that's not Brian's normal type. No, this could be the beginning of the end. Yeah, and mm-hmm. especially with what we learn about Michael, it's like, okay, the night's over. I don't have to watch him with tricks anymore. I don't have to, like, wonder if he's safe or wonder what he's doing. Right. We're going home. But then he sees this young kid that he's going to take home instead of driving me home like he's supposed to. Right. <laughs> you know? So I think Michael definitely feels a way about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Justin shook things up for sure, especially for Michael. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then he eventually comes to do that for all of them. But in, even on that, in that first meeting on that first night, he mm-hmm. definitely shook things up for for Michael. Yeah, so we see Justin standing there and it's clear that he's nervous, but it's also clear that he's done it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like true. he did it. He came out there. He was like, I'm determined to be on Liberty Avenue tonight. And so he went out there. I mean, there. I wonder what that backstory was. If he like contemplated, you know, for weeks that he was going to finally go out there. And then, you know, he had enough nerve to finally go and just put himself out there. Yeah. I mean, when he was on the strip, you could tell that he was trying to adjust and fit in, yeah. but he didn't know what area, you know, was best for him. Right. Well, know? it's like, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what I want necessarily, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I imagine it was scary, but also probably empowering in yeah. some ways. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, glad we Justin. got to be there to witness it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he goes and he leaves with Brian and, you know, lots of things happen <laughs> this night while he's with Brian. Lots of things that he didn't expect. And, like, even though we don't know... We know enough to know that we're supposed to understand that Brian is, like, an enigma. Mm-hmm. And nobody gets close to him. All we know is that he's super hot. He can have any guy he wants. And um, that's, like, all we know about yes. him. We don't know anything about who he is 
really as a person. Right. We just kind of know this figure or this like this is Brian Kenny Stud of Liberty mm-hmm. Avenue. We don't really know anything deeper than that. He has that. this persona about him. Right. And so when he goes back to the loft, we get to see this like you said, this vulnerable side of him. Yeah. You know? And I think that almost sets a tone for their relationship. Yeah, because a lot of there's a lot that happens between those two that happens when it's just those two. Uh-huh. And a lot of other people don't see that. And so what we see in later episodes of Justin continuing to follow after Brian uh-huh. and other people are like, why are you doing that? They don't know what happens in those moments exactly. when it's just the two of them. Because they only have the perception of Brian being Brian when they're around him. Yeah. But they don't get to see the other side of him, right. the softer, vulnerable side. So. Well, and you get to a point where you stop looking for a person to be different. Like, they've all said, this is who Brian is. This is what he does. Yep. He won't do that. He will only do this. And so they stopped looking for anything to contradict that. They locked him in his box. Yeah, they mm-hmm. really did. And then with Justin, there was no box. And so mm-hmm. he kind of got to just be himself, really. Yep. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to live up to or down to anybody else's expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're at the loft. And like I said, we get to see the little softer side of um, of Brian. And um, he goes into telling um, Justin uh, about his first-time experience. Yeah. And... um. It happened with someone older. It was a coach. And um, he's telling Justin his story. Yeah. And uh, he's just kind of reliving that and what it was like to be a person who was led by lust and desire. You know, he says he sees the guy in the shower and he's like, could not stop himself from going yeah. in there. And that's very much the experience that Justin has. Yeah. I mean, he watches Brian pour that water of himself, mm-hmm. kind of like a shower. And Ooh. yeah, <laughs> he, he cannot risk following him wherever he leads him to. Exactly. I mean, and that's what I love about him, too. I love that these characters, they respond from an honest, from a very honest point. Um, And Justin lets it be known, I like what I see. I'm going to get what I want. (laughs) Yeah. He's fearless. Yeah. And even though their night could have been derailed, like they still, yeah, it still happens. Um, And so I won't go into things that we already covered in the first episode, but there is one thing that I did want to talk about when they're leaving the hospital. Michael is looking in the rearview mirror and he sees Brian's mm. head slowly going down into mm-hmm. Justin's lap. And I'll tell you, I was a little bit shocked by that. I mean, right. I know that's the first episode, but that just didn't feel like I was kind that's of shocked Brian. that Brian was going to do that. Yeah, it's not Brian. Well, not from what we perceive Brian to be. He's always the one in control. He has people chasing after him, want to, you know, blow him. We never see him give up that power and be that intimate with someone else yeah. uh, like that. But yeah. yeah, and then I think maybe Michael even knows that because he swerves the Jeep. Yeah, when, um, yeah and so he maybe, sees different behavior. Yeah, this is not typical Brian behavior. Right. Well, and I don't know. I don't think that he's probably never seen. Brian go down someone else like right. not to say Brian's never done it because I mean Brian's supposed to be like ultimate pleasure machine right, and right. so maybe occasionally that's part of the package but I highly doubt that he's got Michael sitting there you know letting Michael right. watch when that's exactly. happening so this is probably one of the first if not the first time that Michael has seen that happen and Michael's not having it no no <laughs> you're not just stepping in my territory like, I will kill all yeah. of us in this jeep before right I now that if I can't have him no one will okay yeah. Michael is not having it at all. No, not at all. Uh, so also in this first episode, like the in, the um, recap said, uh, we Gus comes into the world. And yes. Gus is the child that um, Brian, Lindsay, and Mel 
we kind of all had girl, together. <laughs> girl, girl, Yeah, girl. and so I was reading Kathy's notes, and then she says, if Brian is not supposed to be the father, if he's supposed to give up his rights, and at the time we aren't really aware of that, but that's what's supposed to happen, um, why did Lindsay want him there at the hospital? Yeah, that's weird to me. He, he could have came the next day. Yeah. He didn't have to come for the birth, okay? Right. And that's disrespectful to Melanie. That is your wife. You know, that is your partner. It's not and her then, wife. There's okay. a reason we're saying this well, is not well, her wife. Okay, it's not her wife. But when I say wife, like, when you're with someone for so long. That's her partner. And, yeah. yeah, her life partner. So, this disrespectful to your partner. I mean, he is not the father. I'm right there with Kathy. He should have never been there. I think it was very inappropriate for him to be well, there Well, it was inappropriate for them to invite him. Yeah. Then to just turn around later and say... We don't want you to be mm-hmm. the dad. We want you to be the father. It's yeah. disrespectful to both people. I think it was disrespectful to Brian because you're playing with his with his emotions. You're yeah. bringing his child, him, him around his child. You know how it is. You hear about stories all the time. People are going to give their kid up for adoption. But as soon as they hold the baby once, I mean, you have yeah. this bond that forms. Same thing with Brian. I mean, he looked at Gus and he saw a piece of him. He was holding a piece of him in his arms. Yeah. You know, and it's disrespectful to Mel to have... You know, the father in the room acting as if he has really rights and control of yeah. anything. So. Well, and I mean, he I get why he showed up. My question is kind of like Kathy's, why invite him? Yeah, <laughs> why know? invite him? If you're trying to keep it, truly keep it separate on like what his role is supposed to be. It's like why muddy the water is right there. Yes, yeah. absolutely. No, I'm glad that this happened, that he came because we get, you know, the great scene with him, Brian, him, Justin and Michael running down the hall. And mm-hmm. we get to see Justin named Gus and all this other stuff. So like, as a viewer, I'm happy that that happened, but you can't start treating him like the father on day one, but then five minutes later, be like, but you're not the father. Right. Yeah. And that's why I say I go, I feel two ways about this because part of me agrees with what Kathy's saying, Absolutely. but the other part of me is glad that he did show up there because him having that moment with Gus that softened his heart really allowed him to let Justin in that same right. night. So, but just thinking about the context of the situation, it's right. like, yeah, that. Probably wasn't the best. No, it wasn't. <laughs> wasn't I mean, the best idea. Yeah, it was low-key shady. To invite him there. Uh, but so, yeah, the night goes on, um, as we talked about in the episode for 101. And Brian and Michael, Brian and Justin, sorry, big <laughs> slip mm. of the tongue there. Brian and Justin go back to the loft. And Justin has his first time there with uh, with Brian. Yeah. And for me, and I think you were saying the same thing. It's like the first time that I saw two men yeah. engage with each other in that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it was beautiful. I mean, it wasn't, like, animalistic. It was something that was passionate. Um, just the way the body movements were, uh, it was sensual. I mean, yeah. it, it was a really tasteful scene, especially for it to be, like, one of the very first, you know, male-on-male, you know, sexual Yeah, like a simulated scenes. sex yeah. thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, like, I know, so watching this as a straight woman, I know that there are some women who watch the show and they just see, oh, here are two hot guys going at it, and that's what they appreciated about it, but that's really not where I right. came from. For me, no. it was, here, it, here are two men who are interested in each other sexually, physically, but also intellectually, yeah. and for one of them, for sure, emotionally, mm-hmm. and just to see them engage with each other, like, that was a very beautiful thing mm-hmm. to me, to see that level of intimacy, yeah. because I was, of course, aware of gay relationships, but had never seen, had never associated 
that with intimacy. Right. And so this is my first time to see it that way. And I just really took it as that to me. Like, nothing to do with me lusting after them as a woman, seeing right. hot men. It was like, here, these are two men engaged in something mm-hmm. that's very special for one of them, for sure. But the other one made sure to make it special exactly. for him. Well, he yeah. knew it was his first. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely took his time and he gave him the ropes. And again, it goes back to Brian being vulnerable because he could have easily, you know, this is your first time. I'm going to, you know, dig you out and, you know, yeah. send you well, on your way. But he, he made it something nice, something special, he something did. that you can remember, a memorable experience. Yeah, he really did. And just was very... um you know, very gentle and kind and compassionate mm-hmm. toward him and tried to make him make him more comfortable because Justin was obviously nervous talking right. about Tomb Raider and diary and allergies uh. and everything else. So he's obviously nervous, but he really just tried to relate to him. And so that's why he told him about his first time, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And so just made himself really vulnerable in a sense where he didn't didn't have to. Like right. and I just love the decision to that they wrote it that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was very, very, it was written and choreographed very well. Their bodies fit perfect like a puzzle. Yeah. Uh, I love just how the, the body movements were. The mm-hmm. way Brian actually touched and caressed Justin's yeah. body. Mm-hmm. The way his neck moved. It was yeah. very real. Well, very how he like explains to him, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to mm-hmm. do that. And like, just so like in everything that he's doing, he's taking care of him and like assuring his pleasure yes. and assuring that he's comfortable, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And just walking him through this experience and just telling him like, this is what sex should be like exactly for you you know mm-hmm. from here on out even if you're not gonna get it from me anymore like <laughs> whoever you're getting it from like let this be the standard yeah, uh, not tone. only that you receive but also that you give to other people right you know uh so that was pretty cool and then like even the next morning i like that when brian sees justin standing in the shower he is clearly thinking about the memory of, first time. of his first time mm-hmm. yeah where he saw the guy standing in there was like oh my gosh i have to have him right and so like he kind of got to reenact that mm-hmm. with justin and so i do think that's part of what is attracting him to justin or what right. intrigues him about Justin is that mm-hmm. youthfulness and how he gets to relive yeah some of his youth through justin absolutely i agree as well all right, so let's move on. Episode 102, Brian avoids Justin while continuing his sexual antics with a client from his ad agency. Michael attempts to avoid a female coworker with a crush on him, but is ambushed into a date with her. Lindsay tries to keep Brian from avoiding his financial responsibility by asking him to take out a life insurance policy for their son. And Debbie meets Sunshine. Yes. Let's start off with the ad guy at the job. Yeah. That's the episode where... Brian takes him to the bathroom, correct? Uh Okay, so I loved it. Because, (laughs) no, in the corporate world, you have so many people that are in the closet, not not living the truth, anything like that. Brian can peep shit out, okay? I loved what he did with that. He used what he got to seal the deal to make his financial gain and goal... And but then he also got his sexual gaining goal because he knew that the guy was not living his truth, walking the best life. Yeah. So. Well, I think like this one is different from a later scene because or later situation because this is like signing bonus kind yeah. of thing. Like he's not he's not doing this to get the client. This is more of like a and here's a little signing. Yeah, bonus it's a little extra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when they're in the bathroom, it's clear that this is when this guy is away from his family. This is what this is what he does. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Then you know he makes a comment about how he doesn't kiss, and I, we talked about this, I think. But there for some guys that they draw this line. Yeah. You know, it's like if I well, kiss, then I'm gay. Right. It's like but, I'm not really gay if I don't do this. If yeah. we don't, if 
if if I only um if I'm only the the pitcher, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, or, then I can't be. Gay, yeah, you know? yeah. Or if I'm only receiving right. or whatever, then yeah, they feel that way. And so yeah, but I like how mm-hmm. Brian just kind of was like to heck with that. <laughs> no, and that's when we got a, a glimpse of Brian. Um, the first episode, yes, we got a glimpse of him, but this one I love this glimpse. It was cocky. It was confidence. Um, very confident. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, definitely for sure. We got to see it was that aggressive. that Babylon Brian, yeah. but in the daylight. Oh, I know? loved it. It was hot. It was <laughs> yeah. a very hot scene, and it was fearless again. He's in his office restroom. Yeah, with a married client. Yeah, and has no fucks. <laughs> I mean, he, he gives no fucks. He he doesn't care. He he's gonna go for it. Okay, mm-hmm. and he did. He took control and turned this masculine man into a nelly bottom. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Okay. Also, in this episode, we meet Debbie at the diner when love Michael her. was there with uh, Justin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love Debbie. Uh, love her introduction. Just love everything about the diner and that whole scene. Um, I do like where. For just like five seconds, Michael is able to put his jealousy or possessive issues or whatever aside and talk to Justin. And uh-huh. just they don't, I would say they bond, but they're able to have a cordial conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I do appreciate that, that he does that and that he thought to take, because they were, I think, at Woody's. Yeah. And Michael thought to take him over to the diner. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And um, it took, it was showing him the ropes. But also filling him out as well. Mm -hmm. And as you see, Justin was asking a million questions about Brian. Yeah. You know, but you're asking the wrong one because he's, if it was me, I would have never gave you the real information. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my question. That's my like. Yeah. You're not, you little blonde headed sucker. You're not getting him. (laughs) Get on. Yeah. And also, this is the one about the the life insurance policy. And they're trying to make sure, well, the summary says that they're trying to make sure Brian doesn't avoid his financial responsibility, which I don't there think he would no have done. financial responsibility. Exactly. exactly. That kind of goes back to what we were saying about episode 101. It's either, okay, am I Yeah. Am I the father? Do I have some responsibility for this right. child or do I not? Yeah. I mean, listen, if I'm signing my rights away, you ain't getting no coin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as that. If yeah. I don't have my parental rights, why are you entitled to my money? If I got no rights to the kid, you yeah. got no rights to my wallet. Yeah. And life insurance, Mel, you work for a law firm. You probably got a good benefits. Yeah. Add the mm-hmm. baby to your um, insurance stop plan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but 102 is also where we um, meet Daphne. And that's when Justin goes and tells her about his experience, uh-huh. you know. And also we get to see Jennifer and she's coming to terms with what's going on with her mm-hmm. son. Yeah, and I love Daphne because you need that one friend that's going to ride. She don't care right, wrong. She's going to ride with you. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> that's exactly what Daphne does for Justin. Yeah. She's there for the ride. She's his cheerleader. She's happy. She's everything for him. Yeah. Yeah, she is a great friend, great mm-hmm. support to him throughout all of this journey. And even, like, we find out that he did a lot of it on his own without telling right. her. But when she tells him, uh, when there. he tells her, yeah, she's there for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure. And. And not judgy. Like mm-hmm. she says, 
already knew, but you never told me I was just waiting for you, basically, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, she was ready to be there for her friend no matter what. Whether it's going to be now or 10 years from now, you know, I was going to be there for you. We'll talk about Jennifer. I love her. Yes, love her. And so we bring her in in episode two um, when she's in Justin's room mm-hmm. and she finds Brian's underwear. Uh, the the jockstrap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. While he's yeah. in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. And then so what we find out through some of what she says is that, you know, Justin's kind of been on this journey that we know as uh-huh. an audience, we know that's been his kind of coming out journey mm-hmm. but she doesn't know all of that to start with but um she's piecing things together she is but trying yeah. to give him his space as well right uh, one thing i love about her is that uh she cares hard for justin she, she does. does she understands that he's going through something difficult she wants to give him his space give him his time and whenever he's ready to talk about it but she also lets him know hey no matter what you're going through i'm gonna be here every step of the way even if you push me away i'm gonna be here every step of the way yeah. And she doesn't judge him. When she finds that underwear, she could have freaked out. She could have been like, what is this? She stormed in the bathroom. Yeah, she could have. <laughs> yeah. You live in her house. You know, you mm-hmm. are a minor. You are her child. She could have She could have said anything she wanted to, but she just didn't say anything. She just kept it pushing. Yeah, you know? unless she's thinking, okay, are these Daphne's father's underwear? Because right. that's what he was supposed to be, you yeah. know, at Daphne's house. But, um, yeah, so, and then we get to see her journey just... You know, for Jennifer, she didn't have any like handbook on how to handle Mm -mm. this situation, you know, so she's kind of learning it as she goes along and she stumbles sometimes and gets some things wrong, but she's still determined to figure it out and to love her son. Like you said, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's going to be there. And so I love that we get to see that play out over a couple of episodes because that makes it more real and more honest. Yeah. It was very honest and um, it was very touching um, because yeah. a lot of people's coming out stories are horrible. Right. You know, like both parents turned on them, right. you know, but the fact that she's going an extra mile, she's spying on him, popping up at the little scenes and things where he, <laughs> where he is. Yeah. You know, she runs into Debbie who, who kind of gives her the guide and a rundown mm-hmm. of what's going on. This is how you should approach the situation and things like that. So, I mean... I just, I don't know, Jennifer can't do anything wrong in my book. I always feel, uh, no, I, in the beginnings, in the beginnings, just because that that true love is what you really need. Someone that's in your corner, that's your family member, that's going to be down for you, that's fighting for you, that's trying to understand what you're going through. Yeah. Coming out is very difficult, extremely yeah. difficult. Yeah. Um. Well, and I know people can say that, you know, well, Justin has a mom that like most gay kids would want when he comes out. But I think for Justin, it's almost like part of like, it's it's scary. I'm sure. But it's almost like, can I trust that? Yeah. You know, and it's just, I'm sure he's got a lot to go through. Like now that my mom knows, or at least suspects, like I'm sure. Yeah. That is kind of like a deer in headlights moment for him. And so, yeah, he handles some of it poorly as well, but I don't think that we can just so easily say you should have been happy, you know, no, I mean, he's a 17-year-old teenager. We all know how it was to be 17. Yeah. You, you got so much on your plate. You have, you have so much going on. Yeah. You don't need anything putting a, throwing a wrench into your plan that you got right. going. I mean, it would just be devastating to a high schooler. Right. Well, and clearly he's been, he, well, he just stepped into this. Right. But he's been on this journey by himself. Uh-huh. And then... It's hard. He hadn't even let Daphne know yet. Not until, you know, the morning after right. with Brian. Daphne didn't even know this. And we see how close they are. I know. And um, even though she says, like, she always knew, he never talked to her mm-hmm. about it. And so I would expect that it takes him a minute to be okay with his, what his mom is doing. Absolutely. And like you said, trust. Um, if she knows, then does, do my dad know? Right. And we know that, you know, his dad 
that's always going to be an issue. Right. So, I mean, he's just like worried. I'm just going to keep it to myself. I'm going to do me. If it work out, it work out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Stay out of my business. Yeah. You know? Well, then it's also like, how is my family going? How do they fit into this new life that I right. have? Like, what? Wh- where do they come into play? Mm-hmm. And so he needs a minute to get it all figured out, too. So just like we're giving uh, Jennifer a minute right. to, to figure it all out, you know, and find her footing with this new situation. I'm going to give Justin that same courtesy. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so then we go over to one episode 103. Melanie and Lindsay host a nice brisk for their son, which Brian initially ignores and eventually crashes, announcing he has no intention of letting his son be mutilated instead mm. of being accepted the way he was born. Emmett falls in love with an Asian hustler and mistakenly believes his feelings are being returned. Ted brings a cute guy home from Babylon, ODs on GHB, and is left for dead. Mm. That episode was funny. It, it had highs and lows yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. The funny part, like I said before, Emmett is a comic relief. Yeah. That whole Asian <laughs> boy was hilarious to me. I yeah. loved it, okay? Emmett thought he found the love of his life. He did. Yeah, it goes back to being thirsty. Okay? Yeah. God, that was hilarious. But um, just back to Brian, and I swear, y'all, I'm not bashing this man, but why does he have any rights or, you know, any say-so in the brisk. I, I don't understand. I don't. Yeah, I know. That, again, like, everything about this parenting triangle is a mess. Because I get why Melanie wants to do this because Melanie is Jewish. And this is the ceremony that will bring Gus into her family. Right. You know, this is something that's important to her family. She's invited all her family members there to be there for this. And so I get why Melanie wants to do this. And I guess Lindsay is, I'm sure they would have talked about this because right. invitations have been sent. Yeah. I mean, stamps have been purchased. A- absolutely. <laughs> so they had to have had a conversation about this. So Lindsay was on board with this, <laughs> at least for a time. And so um, I get why, like I said, I get why Mel wants to do this. And it should be their prerogative, their yes, choice to do it. Absolutely. And so while I do appreciate Brian's speech because of what it means out in the real world and in the broader context, I don't think he really had he doesn't the, have the right. the right or the authority or yeah. the place to to speak into this situation exactly you know exactly. um yeah this should have been a decision made by melanie and Lindsay. but then you gotta kind of look at melanie with some side eye because the trade-off was brian signs the life insurance policy and he and gus doesn't have to do yeah. the brisk so what is it do you want <laughs> money or right. do you really want the acceptance of you know like the baby into your family I mean, you have to decide. Yeah. Either you want Brian in the life or you don't want Brian in the life. So I'm just going to side eye all three of them. Melanie, yes. Lindsay, and Brian get my side eye. <laughs> That's one crazy thruple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That thruple is a mess. Yeah. yeah. For oh. sure. Okay. And then also in this one, we have uh, Ted when he meets the, the hot guy, no. Blake. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. And we talked about this, but I think it was just desperation. And yes. And this excitement that like somebody wants me, somebody that I'm interested in is interested in me, right? As well. Because he had just had that talk with Michael, where Michael mm-hmm. was like, maybe find somebody who is you know more your brain, right. you know, mm-hmm. kind of more on your level. Basically, saying like you shooting too, yeah, like you aiming, you reaching right. too high, <laughs> absolutely. And Blake was um making the pass at Ted, yeah. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like Ted was being the aggressor. Blake was literally making an effort, several efforts, yeah. you know, to get um, Ted's attention. So, I mean, yeah, he was excited. He was happy. Yeah, he was. And then they just kind of, you know, mishandled the the poor. They got right. a little heavy-handed with the poor. And Ted definitely got 
took down way more than he should have. But and, it was uh, shitty of Blake, though, the way, you know, it all kind of played out. Yeah. I mean, you don't meet someone, immediately introduce drugs to them. Yeah. You know, like, just don't do that. And yeah. then when you see the shit go south, I mean, you call the cops and run. Yeah. I mean, stand there, be well, a man, take ownership. I think it says a little bit about both of them because for Ted, like we said, he's he's desperate and he's kind of willing to do whatever to have this guy because he can't believe that he's interested in him. And I think for Blake, like we don't know Blake at this point, but I'm I'm willing to say that for Blake, it's probably he needed something to kind of loosen him up because even though Blake is attractive and is younger and is a twink and probably could have had his pick of men, there's probably something about him that was nervous about that right. night too. You know, really going after a person for what he perceives him to truly be, you know? Right, so I think right. maybe he was nervous too. And so that's why he did it. But also like if somebody puts something in front of me and I know like I'm not a drug user, then I'm just not going to gonna use drugs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Like, and so that, that just tells you what state of mind Ted was in. Mm-hmm. Um, Desperation. Yeah. And then like only so much blame can be put on Blake because right. Ted willingly did it. And especially knowing they didn't know what he was doing, he probably should have asked for some pointers exactly. or something. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, who just goes all for it? Yeah, Come yeah, on now. not smart. Jeopardized Ted. his life. Yeah, but so that leaves him convulsing on the floor. But then remember, we go over to Babylon, and that's when we see Justin kind of finding himself or coming into his mm-hmm. own uh, during that scene where he steals the two tricks from Brian, which I loved. Yeah, uh, he let him know two can play this game. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> I'm on, I'm here on the scene. I'm yeah. new. I'm fresh. I got it. Yeah, well, it just really, really challenged Brian and really showed him a different side of himself because uh, he could have just been this annoying little kid who's chasing after him. But he was, I think what he was showing him was, if you're interested, you better act like exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> because know? I'm not going to wait around. Right, because mm-hmm. I don't have to. Like, I'm here because I'm choosing to be. I don't have to be. Mm-hmm. You know how I feel about you. And even if you don't return those feelings to that extent, I know that you're still interested in me. I know right. that you still want me. So, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love the scene with the two of them at the end and how Michael's kind of looking down on it. Like, uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, he could already see it. <laughs> yeah, well, especially because like we talked about, he had just got rejected by Brian in the bathroom. Yep. Uh, and so now here he is having to watch this. Mm-hmm. And it's the same guy that he had to watch a couple days ago. Where Brian was going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah, he's not happy at all. He's no. on the defense, for sure. Yeah. All right, so that's how we leave 103. In episode 104, while Ted lies in a drug-induced coma, Brian is annoyed to find out that he has been named the executor of Ted's living will. Michael and Emmett give Ted's place a thorough porn cleaning before his mother gets mm. there, and they stumble across a photo shrine to Michael. Jennifer asks Justin the question that she's been afraid to ask, and Ted awakens to find Brian with an orderly in the hospital room. Oh, oh! He did have that sexy orderly, didn't he? <laughs> he oh, did. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome back, Brian, Ted. Yeah. Yeah. He I, woke uh, up to the usual. <laughs> he, he probably thought anything. he woke up in hell. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> oh Lord, Brian's in my in my yeah. hell. Yeah. It's mm. like this is my personal hell. Yes. Having Absolutely. to watch Brian. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yeah, but this one was good. I liked the introduction of Ted's mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even liked that. Brian was the one named as um, the executor of Ted's living will because of what it said. It shows us, even though Ted can be very sarcastic and kind of almost judgy toward Brian, 
he respects some things about mm -hmm. him. I mean, he knew that Brown was going to make the right decision. He was going to make the rational decision and not the emotional decision. Yeah. You know, he knew he couldn't give that to, to anybody. I ain't going to say gift, but he couldn't give that responsibility to any of the other ones because yeah. it would be made purely off emotions. And they would, I don't think that they would have, a um, you know, enough nerve to actually you know, make the decision yeah. to pull the plug. Well, they're not good compartmentalizers. Right. <laughs> Emmett clearly says that he's not. Michael is not. And um, I think he has a relationship with Melanie, but it's more... I mean, well, and I don't think he would put her in that position because, right. again, the emotional side of yep. it. And so he knows that Brian can separate those things into compartments and just say, this is the right decision. Yep. No matter how anybody's going to feel about it, this is the right decision. And so this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so, like you said... Um, we get to meet his mom, so yeah. that she gives us a little insight on him, and um, we learned a lot. I think the mom also spilled the tea that um, Ted has a thing for for Michael. Well, no, well, she says that he talks about Michael, right. his special friend. Mm -hmm. Well, that's spilling the tea. Well, that okay, mm -hmm. but I don't think she knew she was pouring the tea out. No, but it was hot and steamy. <laughs> Her cup was leaking. Yeah, it was a little crack, slight crack. Yeah, mm -hmm. but uh, if we didn't learn it from her, we definitely learned it from the shrine in his Absolutely. room. Yeah. I mean, that was a little creepy, but I mean, <laughs> I, well, I understand. Because Ted's at least 30. Yeah. And so to be 30, possibly 31, 32, and have that up in your room. Girl, that was some voodoo shit. He was putting <laughs> putting roots, putting a root on Michael. No, he was going to definitely get him some Michael, okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. he wasn't. Um, but yeah, so... And I don't think I was surprised by the fact that he had a... Well, we saw a hint of it before when he had that picture in his drawer at, uh -huh. at work. Um, but I guess it makes sense for him because Ted seems to want to be in that role of a caretaker. And Michael is definitely somebody who looks like he could benefit from a caretaker. So. Exactly. And um, I think he, he relates to it because he also sees that Michael, you know, kind of chases Brian. It's the same scenario. It's almost yeah. like a tag. You know, it's like... Brian has the hold on Michael. Michael got the hold on on on, on Ted. So yeah. I mean, but he's not gonna voice his. He was gonna take that to his grave. Yeah. He was never gonna voice them. Exactly. Uh but uh yeah, so that one kind of goes on for a little bit longer. Um and then let's see what else goes down in here. Jennifer and um and Justin. Yeah. Yeah. She see. just straight up asks him, Do you have a boyfriend? Yeah. And um <laughs> I don't think she was ready for his answer. No. <laughs> I mean. Definitely not. Definitely not at that therapy appointment. No. She wasn't, she wasn't know, ready for that. That's what I, I love about Justin. Um, he keeps it 100. Yeah. I know I say that live your truth, walk your truth. He is the one. And the fact that he's 17 years old and, I mean, so confident mm -hmm. and and so bold in his actions. I mean, I respect that 1,000%. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't hold back. He don't care if it's a therapist, his mom, his dad. He's going to tell what's on his heart. Mm -hmm. And I, I, can, I can rock with that for sure. Yeah. And I think part of it is him, like, kind of rebelling against what he thinks she might be trying to do. I mean, it's just an awkward time period. He's yeah, going through a gay so. change. I mean, where he's really accepting that's who he is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I can understand why he's rebelling against his parents. I can understand why he's pulling away and pushing, you know, giving that pushback to her yeah. for sure. Well, and you also, this you see kids do this. They kind of test them. Like, 
will you leave me if I do this? Or will you leave if I do mm-hmm. this? I think it's a little bit of that too. It's just kind of testing yeah. to see, okay, are you truly going to still be there? Right. So it could, even if he's not doing it consciously, like it could be a mm-hmm. little bit of that going on too. And yeah, like you said, and maybe he just don't want to give her everything because he also knows that her loyalty is to his father. Mm-hmm. And who knows how that's going to play out. You right. Know? So, I mean, it's better just to be quiet. He didn't even tell his best friend until after the fact, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, yeah. I mean, he just, you got to give him time to let him really develop and come into himself. Yeah. So, speaking of him developing and coming to himself, something else happens in this episode. This Ooh. is the one where <laughs> oh my he has a uh, little moment with uh, Chris Hobbs. It goes back to him really feeling himself. Like, I think him going to Liberty Avenue really, like, just awaken, you know, like, yeah. his inner self. And it brought him to life because he literally takes in his hand... I mean, he has the jock of the school. Yeah. He has him. Mm-hmm. I mean, has him. Okay. <laughs> In his hand. Yeah. In his hand. Yeah. That was the hottest scene ever. <laughs> that, you know, he was experimenting and experimenting mm-hmm. with a peer. Mm-hmm. Someone who would never, ever hung out with him. Right. You know, like, and he was able to really be himself. Yeah. He made the move. He made the move. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, big ups to you, Justin. Like, big up. <laughs> Fearless. Okay. Yeah. At this point, he really is just kind of living his best life. He you is. Know, up to episode 104. He definitely is. That was a hot scene. Detention, <laughs> I'll go there any day. <laughs> if, any uh, day. If you got a, a hot jock waiting in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So let's look at episode 105. Michael goes on his first date ever with the oh. cute chiropractor, Dr. David, while continuing oh. to avoid the pursuit of Tracy at work. Mm. In light of his near-death experience, Ted takes stock of his near life. A potential client dangles a high-priced contract in front of Brian, so long as Brian will dangle a bit of himself in front of the client in return. Justin deals with issues over his mom, forcing Brian to deal with issues concerning his own dad. Mm. So we get Michael and Dr. David's first date, which, you know, I'm happy for, because I'm here for this relationship. I I, I love it. (laughs) But um, we don't get to see Michael being authentic. I mean, the first thing he does is go get his best Brian threads. Yeah. He has to be thinking... Brian is the best, so let me be like the best. Well, he started out as Emmett, so oh, well, I don't really well, blame him for going facts, to get Brian's thirst. Facts, 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 facts. Yeah. But David fell in love with Michael. He didn't fall in love yeah. with Emmett. He didn't fall in love mm-hmm. with Brian. He wants Michael. Yeah. You know, so the fact that Michael is trying to, you know, be something he isn't, it was just like a slap in the face to me. Yeah. You know. And he didn't even look right in those clothes. No, you know? well, they were too big, but mm-hmm. I think they were intentionally too big. Like they could have you know, they could have found something that worked, but that they still can't, looked like Brian. Brian but it was intentionally, yeah. But this it was five seven. That that is true. <laughs> but I think it was intentionally too big. It's like you're he's we're not supposed to accept yeah. him, and no. and he shouldn't feel comfortable in exactly. those clothes because that's not who he is. And like mm-hmm. you said, yeah. So he's that on this him. date with the person who genuinely wants to get to know him, and he's not even being him. He's not being himself, and then. He's All upset he does is talk when, about. Yeah, talk about Brian the whole Brian. time. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the date, he's mad because the guy doesn't like take him home and throw him into his bed, you know? But that's all he knows because he mimics Brian. Brian goes to Babylon, picks somebody up, takes him home, smash, and then you're done. Well, so that's all he knows. Yeah, well, none of them have a real picture of what relationships Mm -hmm. look like you know and even if ted has an idea in his head i still think his is kind of mixed up because he thinks it needs to be him taking care of this Mm -hmm. person or what you know more of a caretaker role less of a partnership Mm -hmm. um and then 
Emmett can fall in love in five seconds. Yes. You know? <laughs> like what we saw with Katsuhi <laughs> couldn't even speak to in episode 103. And then Michael has nothing to compare it to. And Brian doesn't want it. Right. And so none of them have a real idea yeah. of what relationships mm-hmm. look like. So true. Yeah. So and so true. he's out on this date hoping that it'll go. He doesn't even know how no. <laughs> he thinks it should go. You exactly. Know? And he thinks it should end with some type of sexual encounter. Yeah. Cause he and thinks that's when it's like, okay, that's when you know that they want you. Like they me. care yeah. about oh, you. Yeah. They mm-hmm. Like me. Mm-hmm. But no, Dr. David switches it up and it's yeah. like, Hey, you know, like, what are you doing? Yeah. We don't have to do that. Do you think some of it could be, that's the type of validation he needs from Brian to know that Brian likes him in that yes, way. Absolutely. Am I reaching or no, no, could I that, think- you're not. You're Could not reaching that be at all. part of it? Yeah. Because that's how Brian shows his affection. Brian is always an ass. He's yeah. always very abrasive. But during sex, you know, you get, I guess, uh, uh, his wall is down because you get the intimate side of him, you know? Yeah. Well, they're at least getting, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, some type of intimacy. It might not be super sensual. I, wouldn't, I don't know that I would call it intimacy that they're getting from Brian, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's sex. But it's more than what he normally gives, you right? Know, when he's being sarcastic and you know and, and cocky. But yeah, I think Michael thinks that's how he should be validated. Like someone likes me, and he's definitely looking for that from Brian. Yeah, for sure. And so if that's what, yeah, the kind of acceptance or whatever looks like from Brian. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that maybe he could be could be tying it to that. Also in this one, we have <laughs> Jennifer is still chasing after Justin and she chases him into Woody's where he's there, you know, with his shirt off yeah. and his free drink. I don't know who's giving him a free drink because like I, we said, I always say that. <laughs> but, I don't know. But uh, anyway, and Justin makes a comment about his mom being like a psycho or whatever. And Brian says, well, maybe she just cares about you. And I do think that Brian does respect mothers yeah. who care about their, their sons. Yeah, he yeah. does. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably sees, I mean, he didn't have that, that family, close family bond from what I'm gathering. Yeah. I mean, I still don't have the full backstory on him because I'm not far there. I'm not that far yet. But um, it seems he spoke about how when he was 14, 15, he would leave and go to Michael's house, you know. Yeah. And Debbie played like a second mom to him. And she's still like a, a mother figure to him. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he can understand where Jennifer is coming from. The fact that she's making the effort, you know, to show up to these places to try to yeah. win Justin over, you know. Yeah. But Justin being 17, he doesn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. She's being invasive. You know, she's in my business. She's in my life trying to ruin it and things like that. So Yeah. Well, and something that he sees about a good parent, yes. you know, kind of makes him question some of his things later on. Because, uh, you know, Lindsay comes over to the loft and this is where he tells Lindsay um, he makes a joke about Mel just being jealous that right. you love me more than you love her. And we talked about how Lindsay doesn't really refute that. <laughs> you know, Silence is the answer. That exactly. Was, she answered it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me. <laughs> I feel like it too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if Brian was throwing it out as a joke, like Lindsay definitely, so. yeah, she didn't, yeah. <laughs> she didn't put up a fight against that. But anyway, uh, so he's supposed to go to this dinner, but instead of going there, we know that he goes to the hotel to see the client who is um yeah making him dangle his goods before he Mm. dangles the business harassment (laughs) yes harassment um what i love about brian is he doesn't give a damn okay brian is gonna walk does what brian's gonna do what brian brian's gonna do brian yeah basically he's not gonna be pressured into doing anything that he does not want to do yeah period i mean he contemplated but then, you know, he made his ultimate choice and decision that was best for Brian Kenny. Yeah, because 
the, and the difference between this situation and the situation in episode two, which I talked about, that one was Brian was interested in that client and he wanted him sexually. And like we said, that was more of like a, a, a signing bonus. And he was the aggressor. What the guy propositioned Brian. Right. You know, and it's like, like, you're going to give me this yes. if you want my business. And mm-hmm. so that's the difference in the two situations. And Brian was like, no, that's not who I'm like. Yeah, I'm all about. I'm super hedonistic, all about pleasure and fun, right. but that's not what this would be because he tells Michael in the Jeep, he says, no, he's not the kind of guy that you would, I think maybe Michael asks if he's attractive or something like that. But anyway, right. Brian makes it clear that no, he's not attractive and I wouldn't want to sleep exactly. with him. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not doing it. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he goes there intending to do it, but ultimately he's like, no, this is not who I am. This is not mm-hmm. the kind of person I want to be. Uh, and then, you know, because the guy's, kid has an accident and so the family comes into play and that just all of that just has brian thinking about yeah, you know it just it, may, it put everything in um in perspective, perspective yeah um mm-hmm. for brian for sure mm-hmm. um and i forgot about the, the kid and he was lying to the family yeah and brian i mean brian doesn't want to live that life right like, and we talked about this like brian has no respect for closeted no, heterosexual males he does not. <laughs> you know um no respect for that yeah, basically, he's like, nope, you're going to go home, and I'm going to go home, and that's the end of this. And with Brian just having, you know, a baby recently, I mean, I bet he he could feel like if yeah. my child was hurt, right. I would do anything, mm-hmm. anything to get there to be with my family. But you're choosing to put them on the back burner just to get some, some penis? Yeah. Like, come on now. It doesn't get that good. Right. Yeah, so. Or does it now? <laughs> or, it, I mean, he's, <laughs> the boy's got a reputation yes. for being the best on the app. He said his milkshake <laughs> brings all the boys to the yard. They are at the yard. <laughs> <laughs> um, But anyway, I'm very proud of him for getting up and walking yes, out of there. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. Good on him. Okay, uh, let's look at episode 106. Michael and David grow closer, much to Brian's chagrin. Mm. Ted's quest to find a more stable average guy results in a guy that's way too average, sending Ted back to Babylon where he runs into Blake. Justin meets up with Melanie and Lindsay, impressing them with his artwork and his youthful exuberance. Lindsay encourages him to enter his work in the Gay and Lesbian Center's art show. I like this episode. I did. I like this episode a lot. It was fun. Um, we We got a little deeper side into... Um, Brian and Michael's relationship, as in we get to see a switch turn on to Brian. Right. Now that Michael's Now he's the one, yeah, Mm -hmm. having to chase after Michael a little bit. Yeah. And it's not in a sexual way, but he's an attention seeker. He needs Mm -hmm. Michael's attention uh, always. On him, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what do you think about, you know, Brian throwing wrenches in Michael and David's relationship? Yeah, I think, you know, on closer study and on closer watch, it's not about, like, you got my boyfriend, I want him. (laughs) Or, you know, I was interested in him. I was just keeping him, I was just stalling, but I want him. I think it's, Brian needs um, to know that Michael's always going to be there. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, that's being challenged Mm -hmm. by Dr. David. And also, well, I talked to Jade about this. And what I was saying was that Brian can't defeat him in any other area. Like, he... Dr. David's successful in his yes. own right, you know, and he's attractive in his own way. And um, he's an alpha in his yeah. own way. Mm-hmm. And so, like, 
Brian's used to kind of conquering things right. and not feeling threatened like that, you know, not feeling challenged. But he's even in those matched. ways. Yeah. And then yes, yeah, so it's like, okay, I can't beat him in these other areas. Plus, he's coming for my best friend, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and taking my best friend's time and attention away mm-hmm. from me. And so he's very much threatened by that. And so there's part of it that has to do with him needing to conquer or best Dr. Yes. David, but there's mm-hmm. another part of it that's just like I need to make sure Michael's still always going to be there. Absolutely. And that's, we see a little jealousy, insecurity in Brian. Right. Which you never see. So that foundation kind of like shifted mm-hmm. a little bit. Which yeah. Which I enjoyed. How do you think Michael takes that? Michael's enjoying every minute of it. <laughs> Finally, he has Brian's attention. Yeah. Finally. So. See, if he had a little bit of Justin Smarts, he would have played that to his yeah, He would have. <laughs> yeah. He sure would have. Hell, he would have had more than a kiss by now. Yeah. So... <laughs> But, uh, you know, he just can't quite be Justin Taylor. So, Mm -mm. yeah, so we don't get that. Uh, I like Justin running into Melanie and Lindsay. I like the relationship that he gets to build with them. I also just like that little playful back and forth with Brian and Justin when they're at Melanie and Lindsay's house. Um, And just that we're seeing... Brian and Justin together and they're not at Babylon. They're not at Woody's. They're just at the girls' house during the daytime. And um, yeah, just going to see how they interact. I really like that. Oh, it was cute. Let's go back to Babylon and that Blake. That was some sketchy shit. Oh, yeah. When um, Ted runs into Blake in the bathroom. Yeah. (laughs) Ted runs into Blake in the bathroom at Babylon. Okay. And it's right after, you know, like what? Uh, episode or two after the whole coma um, situation. Uh-huh. So to see Blake, I mean, like, it's like, wow. Okay, yeah. like, you tried to leave me for dead. Yeah. But then Blake kind of explains himself and let him know, I actually called the cops. I was scared. Right. I had to leave. So now you feeling that warm feeling again for Blake. Yeah, it's like, okay, he's not just this horrible monster. Right. But, and then, but then that crazy, yeah. that guy is there and, yeah. and Blake kind of is like, afraid a little bit and so, so yeah. we're like what the heck is happening so with you Blake? can tell that Blake is mixed up into some shit that is a little bit too over his head yeah but he did a, I don't know if you called it but he did something really smart he acted as if he didn't even know Ted yeah he was not gonna pull to him into that Ted, life yeah yeah mm-hmm. and put him in any more danger and things yeah. like that but I don't know if Ted understood what was really going on because yeah. it was a little hurtful. Right, because he just felt like Ted turned his back. I mean, Blake turned his back on me and went right. with this other guy. Mm-hmm. And so yet again, he's got my hopes up and just walked out. Right. But no, you're really right. And I him. think that that shows that, you know, maybe some of Blake's feelings toward him were real and sincere. Yeah, they were genuine. Because he didn't want to get him caught up in the mess that he's clearly caught up in. Right, absolutely. So, I mean, that was his way of, like, protecting him. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't protect you the first time, but I can avoid this situation because yeah. it's not going to be good. Because that yeah. dude was crazy. It was yeah. some sketchy <laughs> shit. It yeah. was. It was. I mean, really... I don't even remember. We didn't see the dude's face. I think we might have just voice. heard his voice and maybe, like, seen a hint of his presence. Like, but it was like, okay. It sounded aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Like, he didn't play. Get out of that bathroom. I wouldn't go in that bathroom at Babylon to save my life. <laughs> at all. Oh, I would be scared to step uh, on that floor. No, there's just too much that has happened mm-hmm. in there in just the six episodes. I, yes. I would not go in that bathroom. <laughs> all right so let's go look at 107 in episode 107 michael and david exhibit all the telltale signs of a relationship caps Mm. off with a weekend in the country brian interrupts the romantic weekend with a call to michael to tell him about an accident that totaled his jeep but it was no accident justin's dad was driving the second car in a rage after finding out that his son was gay and presumably seduced into the life by an older man i love that 
David is taking Michael out of his comfort zone. Yeah, I mean, taking him on the trips. World a little, oh, it's like yeah. Aladdin. I can show you the world. Yeah, you know, I can show you the world. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, but seriously, taking him on trips to the country. They had a, a nice little romantic, naked little picnic. Yeah, you know, a little roll in the grass. Yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. They're bonding, making a, a good connection, and then, I mean, yes, Brian was in an accident. Yeah. But he was not seriously hurt. No. He knew exactly what he was doing uh-huh. when he made that phone call. Again, that little jealousy, that uh-uh, little... Uh-uh, hold up. Michael made that phone call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Michael made that phone call. But yeah. Brian... But okay, Brian listen. knew what he was doing because he did not he have doing. to tell him yes. about the accident because he knows Michael's going to come running. Yeah, he did. And it's the way he said it. Uh, it's the way he said it. You know, like, I was in an accident. You know, like... <laughs> Like, my car's totaled. Yeah, like, and I the need Oscar you. goes, too. Yeah, for real. And Michael, what? He stood all the way up. What? Yeah. I'm coming. No, Michael, don't come. Yeah. You know he was going to come. Get the hell out of here. Okay? <laughs> Couldn't stand it. But let's get to why he was in the accident. I know. Girl. Yeah. So, Jennifer tells Craig, and um, do you agree with her decision to tell Craig? I mean, at some point, she has to tell him. Craig's going to find the out. Father. Yeah. I mean. And Justin ain't exactly out here hiding in secret and no. stuff. No. So. And at the same time, he's still that responsibility. I do think she had to tell him because he was going to find out. And I think she was trying to control yeah. his reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, we realized that she could not control Craig Taylor. Um, and then that was when he died to me. So, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So, Yeah. I I get why she told him because she's probably thinking this needs to come from me. Then him just if he stum- imagine if yeah. he stumbled upon he would never stumbled upon it though. Well, no, he because was in he won't such go up in the- denial. He yeah. didn't even. She said he's gay. Oh no! I mean, that's just a little phase he was he's going just different. through. Yeah, yeah. Different. He didn't. He was blind. Yeah, but he never paid any attention to Justin. No, ever. He never no. once paid it um any attention, which we we find that out in seven episodes down the line. What how he assaulted Brian is insane. Yeah. He jeopardized his life. Yeah. Tried to put Brian's life in danger as well. Yeah. I mean, what were you thinking? Yeah, like I understand that you're hurt or you're confused or you're disappointed or whatever, but yeah, to take it to the point to I mean, this is could be vehicular manslaughter. No, seriously. <laughs> you know? Like this was serious. Craig. He didn't ram once. Twice. He, yeah, he ran several. Yeah. I was like, damn. Twice. And, you know, because he wanted to blame Brian for what was going on with his son, which, you know, Justin makes it clear later, yep. like, no, <laughs> he didn't, Mm-mm. he wasn't chasing after me. Like, I went after him. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, needless to say, Brian, you know, ended up in a, a terrible accident. I yeah. mean, car smashed in from the back. Yeah. So he had that going on. And then later on, when, I do like when they're at the loft and, um, you know, all the people are there. I saw a picture on the internet and it has, like, all of them, like, doting on Brian. Like, right. Brian's laying there and then Ted's sitting over the back of the couch uh-huh. and then Lindsay squatted out in front of him and then Justin's sitting on the couch with Brian's feet in his lap. Yeah. <laughs> and here comes Emmett with, like, the thermometer. And Brian Michael's <laughs> running through the door. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah, but Melanie's like, you know what? She's just, like, chilling over in the corner somewhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, like, look, I showed up. <laughs> so, he ain't break shit. For real. I don't see no blood, no bones <laughs> exactly. sticking out. <laughs> he's bruised. Yeah, he's fine. Um, so after Dr. David and Michael come to the loft, 
you know, Dr. Dave is looking at this scene and he's just like, you know what? This is too much for me. Yeah. And so he goes to leave and Melanie follows him out, kind of similar to what happens in 106. But in 106, she's thinking that he's there with Brian, which let's talk about that for a uh-huh. second. Let's just kind of double click on that. So she thinks that he's there with like Brian brought a date to, right. <laughs> to yeah. the art show, which she should already know, like Brian wouldn't do that. But he's good looking. And yeah. she never thought that this good looking man would be there for Michael. True. Michael that never gets true. any play. You know, he's the meek one. He's a sidekick. He never get and also well, she and knows... he's looking longingly yeah. at the t- and she's used to seeing that look on, on Brian. Well, she's used to seeing that look on her partner's face. Uh, probably. Facts. <laughs> I yes. didn't say that. Delete that. But Please, also... <laughs> she said it. it's the truth. But uh, she's used to seeing men look at Brian with that look. Right. And so when she sees the two of them together... She assumes. She, well, because well, he's looking over at Brian and Michael. She probably assumes that that's directed toward Brian. Right. But, you know, she talks to him there. But then she also talks to him outside of the loft, mm-hmm. just basically letting me know, like, that's kind of what it is. Like, if you're going to be with Michael, then that's kind of what it is. Exactly. Like, so, you know, strip it up. Or let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Decide if that's something you can handle, you can deal with, or move on. Yeah. And then I guess Dr. David goes home and thinks about it because next time we see him, he comes to Babylon and he's dressed for the club, you know, and he goes over to Brian. And he comes he in and showing like, the guns. Yeah. He okay. got guns out. <laughs> and he wants to talk to Brian. And he is basically telling him, like, give Michael a chance to be happy with someone. That's why I respect David. David's a man. He's mature. Mm-hmm. He knows what he wants. He's not afraid to uh, to, to attack it, to uh, get mm-hmm. it. So he went right to the head of the snake. Yeah. And was like, listen, you got you a python. Mm-hmm. You got this grip on my man. I'm letting you know right now, I'm not going nowhere. Yeah. I'm going to be here to fight for his love. Yeah. And if you're a true friend, let him go. Yeah. Well, he's like, because I really want him. I'm really interested in him, you know? Mm-hmm. And as more than just a friend, you know, right? Like he and Brian should see that, but because Brian doesn't understand or know relationships, he doesn't see at this point the distinction between what Doctor David is trying to have with Michael mm-hmm. and how that won't interfere with what he has with Michael. Right? He, he doesn't really see it that way. Mm-mm. Yeah. But I like Doctor David. I like that he's mature in his thinking. Episode one hundred eight. Oh. <laughs> Oh, really? Anywho, Mm -hmm. Justin's father physically attacks Brian, then delivers his son the ultimatum to come home with him or never come home at all. Brian tries to do the right thing and return Justin home, but Mr. Taylor's impossible attitude sends his son out of the house for good. Debbie suffers from exhaustion at work, and her financial stress is enough justification for Michael to play it straight at, at the big queue while angling for a promotion even though he has to string Tracy along. Okay, we've been stringing Tracy along for three or four episodes at Mm. this point. I'm sick of it. I know. It goes back to Michael living that lie. Yeah. I mean, he should have been man enough to say, hey, listen, because now now you know. You know for a fact this girl likes you. Yeah. You know, and now you're playing with her emotions. He could have easily said, hey, sorry, you know, I misled you. He didn't have to say that he's gay. No, but, like, I'm not interested. Yeah, I'm not, I, ha- make, I mean, I can't tell you how many fake boyfriends I've had to get out facts. of awkward situations. <laughs> so yeah. Make up somebody. But, I mean, he's just letting it go and go and go. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does he expect her to do? I right. mean, come on. I mean, he's not at any point cutting it off. You know, in his mind, I guess he can say, well, he's not encouraging it. But, yeah, but you're not cutting it off either. No. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when... Brian made that suggestion, that little joke to Lindsay, and she didn't say anything. Same thing with Michael. Yeah. Like, 
Get it together. Your silence makes you complicit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to jump on that, but I had to. But I'm glad you jumped there. Now, yeah. What is your take on um, Craig assaulting um, Brian? Okay, well, first, is in the wrong? they interrupted. Craig, this is another reason why I hate Craig. Because there was something really cute going on yeah. with Brian and Justin mm-hmm. outside of that awful little rental car. Ah, <laughs> I forgot but the rental. so cute. We got that little possessive moment where he stole Justin back from Emmett, and that was cute. And yeah. then they were, like, kind of kissy and, you know, whispery, being all cute, about to go back to the loft and have them a good old time. And then Craig's awful tale... <laughs> Exactly. I'm a little on the fence. Again, Ghost Craig, because, you know, Craig's dead to me. So Ghost (laughs) Craig had to come out and, I mean, I guess if I was a father and I'm looking at my young son and this grown man, you know, I might get some rage blindness and just start swinging my fist, I, I guess. I don't know. It still wouldn't be right, but yeah. My thing is, he shouldn't have to swing the fist. You've already messed this man up. I know, up. and he let you get off yeah. with that. You didn't go to jail, no nothing. Now, you should have went there and said your piece and got your son talk to come to, home. If you feel like he's a man, talk to him like a man. Yes. Don't just start swinging your fist at you somebody. You don't. I mean, that was disrespectful. But I understand where he's coming from. I mean, he's enraged. Yeah. His young, well, his, his one and only yeah, son. Yeah, it's not that I understand, but it's just like, Okay, you're mad. You big mad. I get yeah. it. Yeah, like I get that you big mad right now, but this <laughs> is not the way to and that's what Jennifer tells him, like, oh yeah, big man you yeah. are, you know. Exactly. He mm-hmm. didn't handle it the right way. Well, because he mean, says, like, I'm not gonna let these queers embarrass me or whatever he says. Um, and so Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you can just see where his mind is. He's never gonna be on a uh not in this moment, he's not in the right mindset to even have a the conversation with Justin. Or Brian yeah. at this point. So yeah. But no. um I love that Brian did bring um Justin back home. Yeah. And um tried to have a civil conversation, mm-hmm. you know, with the family or whatever the case. And they was making progress. Yeah. But um, I mean, Craig, as always, has, has to put his foot in his mouth. I know, gotta have that last word, yep. gotta have that last dig, you know. Um, because Brian was trying to do a good thing. And this again, I wanna point this out right here. Jennifer's trying to talk to Justin and he's like not having it. And Brian says, Hey, Justin, listen to your mother. Again, that goes back to him respecting. He sees that Jennifer loves Justin and he's telling him, but in, in his Brian Kenny way, something don't give up on that. Like, don't just, you know, ignore that or dismiss it or let that go. Like, that's a good thing that you have there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, he took him home, tried to, you know, put him back with his family, tried to, you know, reconcile the tailors. And yeah, like you said, Craig had to put the foot to mouth. Yeah, uh, and I love this scene because I mean, like, like you just said, it shows a different side of Brian. Yeah, I mean, he's being protective. Um, he's definitely putting uh, on the right track with his family. Yeah, but then at the same time, he's not gonna be disrespected. No, so I mean, he played it cool and as long as he could. Uh-huh. But I mean, he let Craig throw little jabs out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't say nothing disrespectful. But when Craig crossed that line, mm-hmm. it was a wrap. And I love that he was like, "Come on, let's go." Come yeah, well, that he wouldn't leave Justin in that environment. Exactly. He's like, no, this is no good for you. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it means for me, for you, or anybody else. Like, you're not staying here. Yeah. Yeah, so. And, and I love that Brian. Justin checked um, Craig ass. He let him know yeah. off the top, you can do whatever you want to do. Send me off. You yeah. can, you know what I'm saying? You can beat me, but I'm still going to be me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it, too. 
So Michael does, uh, you know, play the whole Tracy card into the promotion at work here. Ooh, ugh, I just remember something. I remember why I hate this episode. This is the Hot Lena episode. Brian has brought Justin back to the loft to stay there for however long. Yeah. He is kind of feeling the pressure of that. Because I think this is when Jennifer brings uh, Justin's stuff to, yeah, to, to Brian's office. office. Uh-huh. And so Brian's like not happy about what's going on. And so right. he's at Woody's telling Ted Nimmit how much he hates that. And he sees the guy with the Atlanta shirt on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. and he brings him back to the loft when Justin is in there slaving over the yeah, stove, trying to make some so jambalaya. Oh, uh, man. I was so mad at Brian. It was, I was, too. So it was mad. Messed up. I mean, he tried to embarrass him. Um, but Justin did have the house a mess. But it was a okay, thought. Okay, he was probably going to clean it. Y'all, give my boy some credit. Was he? <laughs> he was going to clean it. He's a messy 17-year-old. Did you see his room? His room was well, always messy. Brian has a cleaning lady, so maybe he thought, okay, she's just going to clean it. You don't live here like that. Don't assume <laughs> that my cleaning lady is going to come in here and get, get this together. Whatever. I don't care. Brian was rude and disrespectful for bringing Hot Lana back to the loft. Well, he's just letting him know I pull rank. It's my house, my rules. No, this was wrong. <laughs> okay, I agree. It was wrong, but at the same time, I mean, it's my house. It is his house, but you also know that Justin has to be there and has nowhere else to go. Well, he didn't have to be okay, there. Okay, stop it. Yeah, but I mean, he really did not. <laughs> and he did have to. I was going to save this until we got to episode 110, but I'm going to say it right here. He, Brian is the one who empowered Justin and kind of led Justin, because we know that Justin follows what Brian says. So, so, right. I mean, Justin's his own man, but he's going to follow Brian's advice. Right. And so Brian said, sitting right there at Justin's home, no, let's go. You're not yeah. sitting here. This environment is not loving. It's hateful. Let's go. And so he did that and took Justin back to his house. And you did that. So Justin can't go home because of what you did and what you told him. Justin was going to run away no matter what. <laughs> the daddy told him that, what about these nasty, disgusting habits? Yeah. So, I mean... He was going to leave no matter what. So, at least... Well, no. He had... Not in 108. He had nowhere else to go. This isn't when he goes to New York. But I'm just saying... Not not that. But I'm just saying... He was going to leave no matter what. No. Craig was... Yes, he was. Craig was never... Craig still hasn't changed. But I don't know that... I don't know. I don't know what he would have done. But I don't what know What you're not going to do is... <laughs> I know Justin is your baby. And I don't even rock I with love, Brian like that. I love Brian, too. I love them equally. But I'm just saying, in this episode... Well, Brian intentionally did it to get... He felt like he needed to lash out at Justin. He felt like he... Things were getting too close, too yeah. tight. Like, this is getting too serious. I didn't sign up for this. And so away. he felt like he needed to... Show Justin what Uh it was. Like, no, let me, you know, he felt like he needed to adjust the scales or whatever. um, Because he maybe felt like things were getting out of hand or getting away from his control. And so that's, and because I know that that's why he did it, and Brian knows that that's why he did it, I'm like, nah, you were wrong here. Mm -hmm. Maybe. We'll we'll agree You agree with what he did? Listen. I mean, yes, it's shitty, but that ain't, that's. What Brian does. I know. I mean, so it's, it seems very typical to me. I mean, and we're already episodes deep, so Justin already knows that's Brian too. I mean, it's not the first time that um, when Justin came over and so, and the dude, remember, knocked on the door and it was like, yeah, what episode was when that? The, one of the early, like 103, yeah. 104, yeah. So, when I mean, they, like, yeah, when Brian, Brian hasn't the trick shown out. us anything different. No, no, no. I'm not shocked with what Brian did. I guess I'm not shocked by his behavior, 
but I'm just like, this is bad behavior. Oh, it's definitely bad behavior. Okay, Especially we agree. Now being we can move 29 on. years old, <laughs> I agree. Him being 29 years old and this guy being 17, you don't you don't do no shit like that. Yeah. You know no, when he just got put out of his home or taken from his home or whatever, however you want to say it, and is having to live with you, and where is he supposed to go while you're in here with the guy in the exactly. bedroom? You know, it's a it's a loft. It's not like they're three bedrooms for him to go hide in. Facts. Um, so that's what I mean by Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You right. You right. You right. <laughs> Okay. Whatever. Y'all heard it. He said I'm right. <laughs> but Brian does make it up to him he does. later because he comes back um the second day. What do you think made him do that? Uh I mean, he knows that Justin's in a is a tough spot, you mm-hmm. know? Like and as much as he want to be cocky and confident and the normal Brian shit, I mean, he Justin brings out this vulnerable side of him. So yeah. I mean, I just feel like I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just a different side of him, you know? Like, yeah. he knows that Justin is just trying to live his best life, be the best him, live in his truth, but he has nowhere to go. And he's in his predicament because he loves you. Yeah. You know, so I think that's where his head is at. Yeah, like, Brian says that he doesn't do apologies or regrets, but um, this almost feels like yeah. an apology, mm-hmm. a Brian Kenny apology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he does show up. And he doesn't even, when he tells Michael, you know, that he can't save for Michael's little congratulations party. Right. He does tell him that he's got to go home. He's got somebody waiting for him there. He's got a place to be. Um, but he doesn't sound like he's upset about it. No. I think he really wants to. He yeah, he's like. And Justin finally got the cook. Yeah, Justin so, got the kitchen cleaned up. Yeah. Thank you very much. I told yeah. you he would. <laughs> because Brian told him the first time that the shit was a mess. Okay? If he yeah. never would have said well, that. Uh, maybe Brian cleaned it up or the quick cleaning lady because Justin leaves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I don't he know scurries who cleaned out. it up. Yeah, because he stays the night with Melanie and Lindsay, I believe. And I love that part. Mm-hmm. He did. He spent the night with them and that he felt comfortable enough to even go to them. Yeah. And they, they let him stay. Yeah, you know, so. that was good. That was great. So... He comes back, and I think it's because he realizes, okay, I pushed it a little far, you know, and I do, I can, I can understand um, where Justin's situation, like you said, like he's in a bad situation right now. I can understand Uh that. So he comes back. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) We got into our first little um, um, on-air beef. (laughs) We did. We did. But let it, let the record show. Hush up. I was right. Hush up. (laughs) Okay. Let me move over to 109 before you bring up a point that For I didn't real. consider before. <laughs> my, my wheel's turning. Moving on. Uh, Emmett takes lessons from the embodiment of his butch screen name. Michael meets Dr. David's friend at the dinner party from hell. Afterward, the doctor asks Michael to move in with him. Lindsay and Melanie rush Gus to the hospital, but only the biological parents can go back to see the doctor, leaving Melanie out in the waiting room. Brian considers signing over his parental rights to her, but later refuses. This was a good episode. Mm-hmm. It was it's um, deep and heavy. Yeah, let's just let's let's take it to Mel and Brian and Lindsay and Gus. Yeah, um, that was an eye opener to Mel to let yeah. her right there. Like, hey, yeah. you're a tag along kind of you know right. in the situation. You don't have any parental rights. You know, um, if your baby does get sick, you know you need Brian in your life. Yeah, you know, what steps can I take 
to make me, you know, a prominent figure in Gus's life. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You know? And I know that people might raise the question, like, how many hospitals really do this? But some might have this as their policy. I mean, like, baby snatching is a thing. Yeah. And so some might have it as their policy, maybe not all enforce it, that, you know, you have to be a biological parent when it's a young child to go back there. Especially with a baby, because the baby can't tell you, this is right. my mommy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah. But anyway... Yeah, like you said, this they've been coasting along fine with the arrangement yeah. or lack of arrangement that they currently mm-hmm. had. But this is when it was like, okay, if we're we got to finally do something yeah, about it was this, eye opener. Like. Yeah, well, and you find out it's like we got to do the thing that we talked about when we first discussed this right. whole pregnancy and this baby. We got to get the paperwork yep, signed. The paperwork. Yeah, got to get the paperwork right. But that sparked a whole different side of Justin. It did. Yeah. Yeah, coming off of. His dad rejecting him, him being displaced from his home, and seeing Gus. I mean, like, he doesn't want Gus no. to ever have to feel the things that he feels. That but mm-hmm. at the same time, Brian doesn't want Gus to feel the things that he felt right. as the son of what we Jack. find out, an alcoholic, abusive father. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I see the dynamics of all of them. But what I love about Justin is that even though he's feeling mistreated, he still have faith in the parental system as in like, hey, this happened to me, but you would never treat your son like this, yeah. you know? Yeah, he knows Brian enough to yeah. know that you you wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. like, mm-hmm. this is not you. You bet not sign these li- these rights away. Like, you're going to be a, a great father. Yeah. You need to be there. He's going to need you, you know, in his life mm-hmm. and things like that. And I do think Brian needed somebody in his corner telling him things like that because it's so clear when Brian goes to meet with his dad that he doesn't necessarily see himself that way. He knows that he's good looking. He knows he's a good lay. He knows he's a good ad executive. But just being a good man and possibly being a good father, that he does not know that. That's the part that he was missing from Jack. Jack never gave him that reassurance. Mm -hmm. um, Is this the episode we meet Jack? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when we meet Jack, I mean, he's flat out out tell him that he wasn't meant for a family. Right, You know, like... I was not. The only reason why I'm with your mom is because we got pregnant. I know. know? He basically, yeah, puts all her business out in the yeah. street. Basically, it's like she she was throwing it around. Yeah. She got pregnant. Exactly. And we got you and your sister, and now we're married. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Jack definitely doesn't have those fatherly qualities. No. He wasn't the one, I'm going to take you under my wing and teach you how to be a true man. You know, he didn't, he didn't do any of those that type of things. So it left Brian with this uncertainty. You know, yeah. he's unsure. Well, and Brian feels like maybe I inherited I'm gonna my be, father's yeah. traits. I'm mm-hmm. going to be him because Jack says we're just alike, and which we talked about. That's Brian's worst fear to be yeah. just like his dad. We're going to do a separate episode where we like dig into the psychology of Brian Kinney mm-hmm. and we talk about the effects that his childhood would have had on him and how that affects him now as an adult that'll be later but uh anyway um yeah so that's why he's struggling with this decision about gus because he doesn't think that he's any good for gus so like we said that's why it's a good thing he has justin in his corner Mm -hmm. because i mean he was ready just to sign his rights away without even doing a second thought you know yeah and i i really think okay yes the right thing to do is for him to sign those rights away but i'll say it again like i said on the podcast for 109 that was not the right time right because brian wasn't in the right headspace Mm -hmm. to to do it true Mm -hmm. and also 
we waited so long. Y'all have included this man on every decision. Why would yeah. you ask him to sign his rights now? Yeah, I mean, you know? at this point, he's already written some checks for some things. Yeah. He's got this life insurance policy. like, And I know, and they. I feel like if they would have set him down, and maybe it happened off screen, but I don't think so. If they would have set him down and been like, we want you to be involved in these ways, but legally speaking, we need, because... Right. At this time, and probably still in 2020, at least in some states, a child cannot have three legal parents. Yeah. Yeah. No. You can have, like, a guardian, but you cannot have three mm-hmm. parents, you know? Exactly. Um, the law just doesn't or didn't allow for that. Uh, and so, it's like, legally speaking, we need to get this done for these reasons. Yep. It's not to say we think you're a horrible person. We think you'd be abusive to Gus. Like, you know, if they just set him down and will always have that, a place in his life. Yeah. But legally speaking, this needs to be done for our family. Right, you know, right. Like, like, so if they had done that, you know, maybe this could have gone different. But I also think that Brian needed to go on this journey that was, I'm going to say, because y'all already know, was sparked <laughs> by Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I think if he didn't go on that journey, he wouldn't have got to the place to where he did defend himself as a father and say, and, no, giving up my son would be wrong. And it goes back to um, what I mentioned earlier. Justin is wise before his years. Yeah. You know? Most 17-year-olds wouldn't even give a thought. He would have been focused right. on himself. Right. But the fact well, that Well, that's was, one less thing to take Brian's time and attention. Right. You know, if, if he didn't have to worry about that baby. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But he's not. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, keep your rights. You need to be in this child yeah. life. You know, like, he's, he, he's just secondary. Yeah. Like, Brian's feelings and emotions come first. Right. Um, to... To Justin, mm-hmm. so but yeah, that that episode was was deep. We got to meet Jack, who's a piece of shit. Brian Terrible. already knew his habits. Knew I his don't habits know off who's the worse, Craig or Jack. I mean, they're both in the same boat. But if anything, I probably would take um, Jack. Like you know what you're getting off Jack. The habits That's are true. the same. You know what I'm saying? That's but true. Where Craig is unpredictable, he seems like he could be violent because Justin said you mm-hmm. can hit me. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, he did hit him. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah, he did. He hit him. So uh, he's violent like that. Uh, he's emotionally abusive. I feel like he's emotionally abusive to Jennifer as well. Probably. He neglects the children. He was he's on a, a birthday party. He was even upstairs watching that football game right. or something. Like, yeah. he's not there. He's, yeah. he's totally selfish. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he's dangerous. He ran a motor vehicle into the back of another man's car. Yeah. Like, twice. Mm-hmm. And then you fought him outside of the club. Yeah. What example are you setting for your child? Yeah. A horrible one. Yes. I mean, they're both bad, but I think... Craig is back. Worse. I think he, I mean. yeah, <laughs> he could be, uh, yeah, winning the race here. Yeah. Um, even with everything that we've said, that still puts Mel in a bad spot. You yeah. know, even though we, I still stand firm by what I say about Brian not needing to do it right then. Right. Because he just needed a little bit more of an understanding of the situation, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and he needed to realize some things about himself for his own personal growth. But it does leave Mel in a bad spot. Where it does. But that's a conversation that Lindsay should have had anyway. Right. That's her friend. She should have communicated um, up front Mm -hmm. and very openly. And clearly, she was just like, hey, I want to have a child. Can I be with you? Sure. Wonderful. Thank you. We're having it. It seemed like there was no guidelines that were set out to Brian. Her and Melanie discussed this, but they never discussed it Well, it goes back to something you said earlier, them having him in a box. They didn't think that he would want anything more than that. And so they were going to take that and let that work in their advantage. At least Melanie was. She was like, Mm -hmm. well, he ain't going to want to slow his life down and deal with the baby anyway. So Mel took that, you know, to like her advantage. Right. But because they kept him in that box, they didn't realize that there's more to Brian than what you see on the surface. Absolutely. And more than what he's exposed you guys to and more than what y'all even bothered 
to dig for within him. You right. Know? Okay. Episode 110. After Brian kicks Justin out of the loft, the teen heads for New York City, forcing Brian and the guys to take a road trip to follow. They find Justin and return him to Pittsburgh, where he moves into Debbie's house. Conversely, Michael decides not to move in with David, causing the doctor to end the relationship. Lindsay tells Melanie that she wants to stay at home with the baby instead of returning to work, and Melanie makes a financial sacrifice to make the wish come true. I feel like Mel is always making sacrifices. Yeah. I mean, she sacrificed the brisk. Okay, she's sacrificing, you know, going back to work and um, and letting Lindsay stay home because she's going to use her own trust money. Uh, I mean, she's yeah. always making a sacrifice. Yeah, always. Yeah. So, I mean, that's nothing new. I just again, I just want Lindsay to step up to the plate again, because in that conversation, she was like, well, we have Brian. Stop leaning no, on Brian. No, you, you don't, don't have Brian. <laughs> Brian was I mean, you do, daughter. but you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, but like, you shouldn't. Because he's a stand up guy in that way. Like he's going to. He will make sure Absolutely. Lindsay nor Gus, and if that means Melanie too, he'll make sure none of them end up on the street. Right. But but she's she's using him, uh, and I just I don't like what Lindsay does. No. Yeah. When <laughs> yeah. it comes to that scenario, yeah, Lindsay is. You know, people talk about Brian being complicated. I, Lindsay is more complicated than any other character on the show. Hundred percent. Because there are some things that make me like Lindsay, and there are some things that. Make me question the I heck raise, out of her. Like, for yeah, real. Like, yeah. Side like, eye. I need to know what your motivations are. But anyway, so a scene that's cut out from the pilot episode is Melanie and Lindsay talking at the hospital after Gus is born, and they Melanie is telling us that she was up for a partner at her firm, but she didn't get it. She was passed over for another man, and mm. so that's part of the reason why they're probably in more of a financial bind than they thought they would be in. And so why Lindsay now saying, I don't want to go back to work is proving to be such an issue. You know, right. they're already counting on Lindsay's income getting, coming back into the flow. But so mm-hmm. now Lindsay's like, well, no, that's not going to happen. But Mel is also like, I thought I was going to be pulling right. in this, but I'm only pulling in. Exactly. Less. So maybe like I, as much as I want you to, this is reality. Right. You know, I got to yeah. get you here. But she makes a sacrifice. She makes, she she makes, makes it work. a sacrifice. Yeah. yeah she, she makes, makes it, it come happen. through because mm-hmm. she loves her. So. She does. And then she doesn't feel any immediate payoff for her sacrifice. Um, and so we you know, kind of have to see how that unfolds. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Justin goes off to New York and uh, yeah, Brian takes af- chases after him after the promptings of Daphne. Debbie and Mysterious Ma- Marilyn. <laughs> Mysterious Marilyn was on point. I know. Okay? I need to find Mysterious Marilyn. For real. <laughs> yeah, but I need a friend like Daphne because she checked his ass. She okay? did. Yeah. I need a friend like Daph. But I was I was happy that Justin left because this was a little ploy. He wanted to see if Brian was going to chase. Yeah. You know, like you kick me out. You may. I have nowhere to go. You yeah. know, I have nowhere to go. Yeah. So okay, I'm out. Well, and this again, I brought it up in the uh, the last episode in 108, but. Brian is like, get your stuff and get out. He's so mad. It's like, Brian, again, because of you, he cannot go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where is he supposed to go? Facts. That's true. Yeah. But maybe he's thinking. I mean, thinking- I know it's not totally on Brian because Justin wants to be treated as a man. And so whatever. But still, you brought yeah. him to your loft. It, even though, you know, it wasn't the best situation for either one of y'all. You did that. And so where the heck is he supposed to go when you kick him out? Exactly. But, um, and we already talked about being mad at Michael because he didn't offer him. He could have yeah. at least offered, like, you can come sleep on my couch for the night. I know. Or he could have offered Debbie's house. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. but I told you, as we mentioned, you know, on our normal, regular episodes, I mean, each episode 
a little bit of me is like stepping away from Michael. Like I'm opening my eyes on him a little more and just the mistreatment that he does to Justin because of his jealousy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, mind blowing. I know. Yeah. It's just like hard to swallow sometimes. Uh, to see an adult uh, let this child right. kind of, you know, face these hardships like that. Right. And you just, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just too much. <laughs> but I was happy that Justin stepped out on his own, made that plan, and went. Okay. Yeah. And not only did he go, he was living large, you know, sure at the expense of, service, of Brian. Yeah. Yeah. But he was living large. He knew how to do it. Yeah. And then so, so Brian shows up and they have that uh, steamy hotel scene. But even in that, again, we talked about this. There are things that happen between the two of them that nobody else sees. Uh-huh. You know, because. What the friends know, Brian's mad because Justin's got his credit card. He's going to go to the hotel, snatch him up, and make him come back home. But they don't see that moment when Brian tells Justin, we're going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Like, I know everything sucks right now, but we're going to figure this out. And then they don't see when Justin recognizes and understands, okay, Brian's shown a side of himself. Now he needs to be... You know, and I, I got to even the scales. Right. I got to balance things out. And so then he lets Brian... He gets physical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian, that's, that's Brian's love language. language. Yeah. Brian's mm-hmm. language is, yeah, very much physical. And so Justin does that. And so the rest of the gang doesn't get to see that, no. the way that they interact with each other. Uh, another thing about this episode, I didn't like that Michael was so eager just to go to New York. Yeah. You know, well, because he's running he away from Dr. David. Running from his problems. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And it's not even a problem. It's a good problem and to have. That's what he's been doing. Like, he's been running from one thing after the next for, <laughs> you know, so far uh, in this, in season one, he's just been running. And we did talk about this, but Dr. David was very all or nothing. Either you move in or we're done. It's like, okay, we've been together for two days, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that was weird in itself. Yeah. I mean, don't give me that ultimatum. I don't know you, serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. It's like, can I get a minute? Golly. You know, know, to think about if I really want this. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you know, he. But Michael's not even like really giving a thought. He's seeing all negatives. Yeah. I'm not hearing any positives. Right. You're not saying. This man loves me. Right. This man is financially stable. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this man wants me to do better. He has a better core of friends. Well, you know, I ain't gonna say better, but a professional core of friends that are out there doing things. You know, you better yourself around those people. You're gonna do better things. So yeah, he's doing that, and then he's he. But he could have. I don't know if David would have listened. We can talk about that. But he could have just said, like, hey, dude, I'm not ready to live together yet, but I do still want to be in this relationship. I know that you feel like... Because I think Dr. David doesn't feel like he's been a priority. Right. And so... And and then also we talked about how he wants something permanent and he wants it now. And uh, so with all that going on, I see why Dr. David went ahead and asked him. But may, but there were some other things they could have done instead yeah. of moving in together. But like you said, that conversation, if Michael would have had it like that, hey, I like you. I'm still getting to know you. I want to see where this can in. go. Yeah. yeah. I think David would have been open for it. David was very even head, level headed. Yeah. So I think he would have been open for it. He would have been like disappointed. But he would have been open for it. Yeah, I think, poss- yeah, possibly so. Um, but that conversation didn't happen because Michael can't communicate. No. <laughs> so, and Dr. David was just too set on that fantasy, that vision that he had in his head. And so, yeah, they weren't communicating well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just a lot of running yeah, <laughs> and, uh, running. and stuff in this episode. Um, but we finally get um, Justin settled. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we come back from New York, yeah, um, 
they take him to Debbie's. Yeah, perfect place (laughs) for him to be, you know, to still have a mother figure and a person who can look out, like, some parental guidance a little bit, but with a little bit more freedom, too, because, you know, Debbie, I mean, Debbie's rule is no tricks after midnight or whatever. So she's not going to be, like, all in his business like Jennifer would. So he's going to have a little bit more freedom, but And she already knows the game. Yeah. she's been there with Michael Mm -hmm. and Brian. Yeah. I mean, she works on Liberty Avenue. And she probably also knows that Emmett and probably Ted and Brian and maybe Michael aren't going to let anything happened to Justin right. necessarily. You know, right, as, right. as long as he's staying around them or they mm-hmm. keep an eye on him, she probably knows that she's okay with him going to Babylon because she knows that they those guys are there. Right. They're probably going to look out for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's going to get a little bit of freedom, but still have that, you know, right. like we said, kind of some parental figures in his life. So yeah, that's totally a better situation for Justin and for Brian too, who, who was clearly not ready to be cohabitating with right. somebody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So then we get to the last episode of the mid of you know this mid season recap, and that's episode one eleven. And I'm so excited for one twelve. But anyway, because one eleven was good, <laughs> and the way it ended on one eleven, yeah, it was like you knew it was the mid season too. Yeah. I mean, it was. Oh, that was the episode was my favorite. Okay, here we go. Events surrounding Michael's 30th birthday are far from celebratory as Melanie feels that she's growing distant from Lindsay and Emmett has an HIV scare, forcing him to make a promise to God, swearing off men. But the real drama comes after Debbie asks Brian to let Michael go so her son can have a chance at happiness with David. Brian throws a surprise birthday party where the biggest shock is delivered when Tracy arrives Mm. and finds out that Michael is gay. Girl, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I don't I don't know. Where to start? We want to jump in there. <laughs> I know. Well, because there is so much happening at this so birthday much. party. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. We'll start with the birthday party. Okay. So Brian throws his birthday party, mm-hmm. but it's because Debbie already had a conversation with him like, hey, you need to fix this. You know, basically telling him, fix um, Michael and, and David mm-hmm. because she knows that Michael is never going to let go of, of Brian. Mm-hmm. So find a way, let him go. Get them together. So Brian decides he's going to put together the birthday party, surprise party. Fast forward, we're at the party. Yeah. We get there. The vibe is good. Everything is vibing. We don't know if Dr. David's going to show or not. He comes. So I'm hella happy. I'm excited. Yeah. What are you feeling? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, say, like, you already know, okay, why is Brian throwing... So you're, you're questioning uh, yeah. it. It's like when you're walking on, like, a rickety bridge, and you're <laughs> like, this is supposed to get me to the other side, but I'm scared. <laughs> so that's how I feel about this birthday party. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't think of it like that. I mean, this is Michael's best friend. Yeah. You know, so, I mean... Yes, he's shady. I mean, I knew there's going to be some tricks in it, but not the shit that he pulled. Like, yeah. I never would have guessed that. No. I Probably on my first watch, no, I never would have seen it going Mm-mm. the way that it goes. No. So, the party's jumping. Everybody's there. I mean, he has... I air- mean, even Gus is there. Yeah. Gus is at this party <laughs> with drugs and alcohol. With drugs and, and alcohol. he's got her but boob out. Boob out. So, <laughs> don't get me started on this girl. We didn't move on from her. Okay? So, don't... As I digress. <laughs> so, the party's popping. Everything. Dr. Davis shows up. We have to do the whole um, gift ceremony. Everybody gives out gifts. Emmett does his, which I love Emmett's gifts. Um, he had the easy cake oven. 
You know, every I got gay your man's dream. <laughs> so what? I said, I got your Christmas gift. Yeah, I, I love it, girl. Girl, I have us together. I'm a, a little Betty Crocker. You can make us some like one inch brownies. That's it. That's all we need. We got to watch well, these figures. Put a 10 watt light bulb. <laughs> For real, take 40 minutes to make that little bitty brownie. But anyway, he gets that gift. You know, then Ted gives his little quirky gift, you know, in his own little humor. Yeah. And then David comes up, which, you know, is supposed to give the gift that's like, you know, the gift of all gifts. I think it's a Roly. Yeah. A Rolex. It's a gift <laughs> of all gifts, okay? But it's not a Michael gift. No. But he's, I think David wants to buy Michael's love, you know, a, a little bit when it came to that. Or just show he, out like, hey. He wants to like the shower gifts yeah, shower on him, him kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So he gives the, the watch and Michael loves it. Everybody loves the watch. But you can tell on Michael's face, it's, you know, it's nice. Yeah, it's like that sweater me. that your grandparents give you for Christmas or exactly. whatever. It's like, oh, cool. Thanks. Oh, you got me yeah. a gift. Yeah, thank you. I, I don't wear this, but okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but thanks. Yeah. But Brian Ben Brian has to overdo it. This is where he rubbed me the wrong way. Because I was with the party. I was all there. But he comes out with a live action. Yeah. What's the hero name? Captain, Captain Astro. Astro. Comes out with the live live version, fine version at that too. Yeah. Of Captain Astro. Big beefy. The beefy. Okay. Where's the beef? Uh-uh. He comes out with him. And then he also shows up with the um number one um first edition, first comic book. Yeah, it's like of the first Captain time Astro. Captain Astro was in print. Or yeah. yeah. I mean, no one can top that gift. Right. I mean, you knew you invited David here. Yeah. You invited him just to show him up? Like mm-hmm. Come on. Like, I was blown away. I was upset because you yeah. know I love Dr. David and Michael together. Now, you know a little more than me because you keep giving me that side eye. <laughs> I, I had something eye. in my eye. That was a side eye. <laughs> Whatever. So, clearly, you know something more than I don't. But yeah. as in the moment, I love them together because David be making, he makes efforts to come see Michael and to yeah. do that stuff. But anyway, Brian always trying to top someone. That just burns me yeah. up. Well, even... um. When so Michael opens his gift from Brian, and as he's about to thank him, Brian interrupts, and yep. that's when he brings up Captain Astro. Jealous. You know, so, yeah. So he like cuts that off. He, well, even when he goes to Doctor David's house to invite him, he's like casually flirting with him, like "You're welcome in my house anytime, yeah. Doctor." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, even though Brian knows that Doctor David's not gonna jump on that, right. he's still like, you know, he's always pushing it. Yeah. God. Yeah, so that's going on. I mean, there's there's so much. Like, I love this episode, even though, like, you know, it's hectic and it's crazy and there's a lot going on. Like, I just love all of them have, like, serious, complicated issues going yeah. on in this within mm-hmm. this party, you know? And so I just love that. It's set against that backdrop, that backdrop of this birthday party. And all of them have, like, real-life junk happening. Yeah. So... We'll come back to Brian and Michael, but I mean, you've got Emmett over there with an HIV scare, very real life issue going yeah. on, you know, terrible, Ooh. yeah, uh, to the point where he swears, off, you know, makes makes his promise to swear off men. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Mel feeling neglected, so she's getting wasted, right? But then you have Lindsay feeling like Mel gets to live her life and do it if she wants, and I've got to be responsible, yeah, for mm-hmm. the baby. Um, you have. Uh, You've got Debbie. Ted, who, same thing. Ted, yeah, Ted. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's just he been... He was nervous because he had unprotected sex and, you know, jeopardized himself with someone who was diagnosed, you know, positive. So Yeah, well, even and even though he's got the all clear at this point, 
Emmett doesn't, his friend doesn't, but also Brian has just told him, we all know your secret. So yep. he's just been humiliated, you yeah. know? And it's like, Michael knows about it, hasn't done anything about it. He's still gone off with this other person. So right. I've clearly been rejected. Um, so yeah, Ted's got that going on. Um, the only person who's kind of like living it up is Justin. Yeah. <laughs> and he was chilling. Like, mixing drinks. Mixing yeah. drinks vibing justin yeah. is self-sufficient he doesn't need any of them <laughs> he was drama free he looked cute and great and was mixing the hell out them drinks clearly yeah his mail was on the floor <laughs> she <laughs> literally was when she went into the bathroom to litty, throw up. litty litty boots okay. <laughs> god yeah so um yeah it's just a whole lot i mean even debbie is like worried about the fact she's like david's here Debbie's like me. She's feeling nervous. She's like, okay, I don't know what's going on with Melanie right. and Lindsay, but it's some tension over here. Yep. She's work, you know, she's over there trying to console Dr. David after Brian has given him his gift. So that's going on. And then with all of this happening, as if that wasn't enough, Tracy comes in. Oh, oh Tracy. Oh, this this hurt my heart. Yeah. You know? And it, it just made me. I don't know who to be mad at. If well, if Michael would have been honest in the first place, she would never been there. Right. Okay. But the way Brian handled the situation, mm-hmm. you invited this girl to crush her heart. Yeah. But it was to get, you know, Michael, yeah. you know, angry and upset, but you destroyed someone right. else in the process. Yeah. And that part's not cool. Like, I know what Brian's intention was. Yes. It was, And he was, his thinking was correct. I can't just tell Michael I'm not interested or to move on from me and to go right. with Dr. David because he won't do it. Because even, I think it's in this episode when they're in the steam room. Yeah. yeah. They're in the steam room and Mike Brian says, we can't just hang around each other for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. And then Michael looks so alone, so disappointed, yeah. you know, because he's Broken. like, oh, we're not going to be able to keep this toxic <laughs> relationship up forever. Right. And um, yeah, so he's so broken. And so I get why Brian was like, I have to do something drastic to make it clear to him or to make him leave me alone, to make but him go away. play with someone else's emotions. That's the, that's the thing. Know? When you pull Tracy into and yeah. then And then Brian has no... Remorse. In my, well, no, no, no. He has no... Well, no, not that either. Not for Tracy necessarily. But he has no plan to reconcile this for Tracy. You know right. what I mean? She's just... She's, she's collateral damage. Co- she's collateral damage in a way. But all, but usually collateral damage is when you didn't intend for that to happen. You well, intentionally invited yeah, her right, over right. here. Mm-hmm. So that's my issue with that. Like, he knew that Michael was going to have Debbie. He's going to have Dr. David. Everybody's telling him, go let Michael be happy with Dr. David. He's like, okay, I just pushed him into Dr. David's arms, but he didn't care what, you know? Right. Well, I don't know he didn't care, but he just like, we don't get to see him consider what's going to happen with Tracy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that part's not cool. No, and then when Michael chased her out and to see her raw emotions, she felt humiliated. You know what I'm saying? Um, It was just... I don't know. It was just re- really yeah. difficult. It was, it was it was hard for me to watch. Yeah. I just couldn't see, I couldn't stand seeing her heartbreak because she was genuinely invested in Michael. Mm-hmm. So. And to have it be done in that way. I mean, it's hard enough to just be rejected by somebody that you thought was interested, but to have it be done in such a way where you do look like the butt of a joke. Yeah. You know, like oh. that is oof, brutal. Very brutal. But yeah, that episode had a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the it. episode. Yeah, that yeah. episode was it was deep. It was dope. yeah, yeah. I mm. love the episode. And then you know, Debbie comes back and has the talk with Brian. And I, you don't have to agree with me on this, but no, I will still say my Debbie 
Debbie stepped her foot in something that she shouldn't have, you know, in this situation. You mean you know? when she originally came to him and told him to fix it? Well, and that he was the problem? Yeah, well, and just that she, like, lit into him, and it's like, I get some of that. Yeah, Brian knows that, you know, because definitely in 110, we saw him breadcrumbing yeah. Michael, you know, with the kiss or whatever. Debbie but, has seen this boy for 15 years st- string her son alone. Yeah. And she's let it happen. Yeah. Just the first time she's ever, you know, like, went up to him and said, hey, Cut the cord. Let him well, go. Well, and you know, she did. She has talked to Michael because in one of the early episodes, she tells Michael, like, what did Brian do again? You know, like, you can tell she's sick of this. Yeah. She's been through this. And so I'm sure that she's told Michael, you need to move on. You need to let it go. So she knew it had to come from Brian. But I think she was laying 100% of the blame at Brian's door when it shouldn't have been. It, it shouldn't mean, have been 100%. Yeah, not 100%. But she came to Brian because Brian is the only one who can get it done. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it needed to be. And she had to be harsh so he would know that she was for real. Yeah. If she came over there begging like normal, he was going to be in control. He would have never done the shit. But when he saw that she was upset, she was not playing, this is for real, give him a fair shake, let him go, he decided to put this plan together. Yeah. He wasn't going to do none of that shit. Yeah. If she would have came, Brian, please... He would have been like, I'll think about it. Yeah. She was like, this is your fault. You done done this, da, 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 da. Fix it. Yeah. I got the idea. We're going to throw a party. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean. It's all complicated. Like, there's <laughs> a, and that's what's so good about this show. Like, sometimes it's really hard to cut between what's right, who's right and who's wrong. Right. And, like, sometimes it's like, it's not an even break. You know, mm-hmm. like, you can be right here, but you were wrong there. You know, and then saying this person over here was wrong there, but they were right, right here. And so that's kind of how I feel on on Debbie. Like, I don't think she was 100% right in what she did. And because everybody just saw Brian being a horrible human being, it, but nobody knew. Debbie said, hey, you need to end this or you need to fix um, this. Let's come back. Whoa, whoa <laughs> rewind. Yeah, she said that shit, but she didn't tell him to, to go about it the way he went about right, it. Right, but okay? then when she comes back, she says... You know, I figured something out about you. You I never do anything. Yeah, she's like, you, you, there has to be this drama. You never do anything quietly. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he did what Brian did exactly what Debbie asked him to do. Now, Brian put his own spin on it. Right. Got a little fast and loose with the spin. Yeah. But he did exactly what Debbie told him to do. I mean, it worked. And she came back and. After she had time to process it, she saw the vision. She saw what happened. She saw why he did yeah. it. Yeah. I just didn't like, I never like his delivery. I understand what <laughs> oh, no, he's the doing. The delivery is whack. Yeah, yeah. Like, God. It is wiggity whack. But, <laughs> oh, my um, God. But still, like I said, the delivery was all wrong, but he did do what Debbie asked him to do. And Debbie didn't really defend him to everybody else. But. Um, I think this is typical pattern for them. Like they feel like, oh, Brian does something. Because even like Ted hints at it in other episodes, Brian does something to hurt Michael's feelings. Everybody's up in arms for about a, a day or two, and then we move right. on. You know, cycle continues. That's what it always is. But um, I'm dying to see how it plays out. I know because the way it ended, like. I'm like, oh, hell no. You can't end yeah. like that. Well, because then I know, like, they've been friends for 15 years. Yep. And it's like, is that the final nail in the coffin? Or is it a, something that creates enough of a shift to where we move forward, but not in the same way? Right. Um. So there's that aspect of it. it it's how how closely is Emmett going to follow this promise that he made? Is he going to follow it at all? Right. Um, and then with... And what happened with David and Michael? Right. You know? Well, yeah, because they're going to move into... But they're doing it based on high emotion. Yeah, you know, they're not so really thinking clearly. That's so not the best is that, time Yeah. To make so how's that going to go? Decision. 
And then Ted is like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> well, he gave Michael some bomb-ass advice. He sure did. So, I mean, he certainly did. And I hope that he can internalize that and, you know, take his own medicine. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so hopefully. But yeah, I love that episode. Yeah. I mean, it was so dope. It was a lot. Yeah. Well, guys, that was our recap. And um, I hope you enjoyed every bit of it because we are loving it so far where we are. And um Again, like we always say, guys, we want y'all feedback. We want you to reach out to us on our website. That's www.LibertyDinerDish.com. I mean, you can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's going to be Liberty Diner Dish. Um, I mean, you and you already know how to reach us on the streaming podcast platforms. I mean, but we want your um, feedback. We want you to be interactive with us. We do coffee and conversations. And, you know, we drop brand new episodes every Monday. So, guys, please Hit us up. Let us know what's up, what you want to hear. What was your take on the episode? We're here just for conversation. So Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, this is uh, another episode that we have under the books, and we are out of here. So until next time, bye. Bye. Bye.